Welcome to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you cope with trauma using comedy. Learn from stand-up comedians how to take your pain and play with it. I am Nancy Norton. I'm your host. I'm a comedian and I'm studying therapeutic humor. I'm not an expert yet, but I'm getting there. I have a lot of experience because I have been through a lot of stuff. Traumedy is not a replacement for trauma therapy, but it will get you by between sessions. Don't get stuck. Let those feelings move. No matter what, keep laughing. Get that stuck energy out of your body because that that's not good for you. This is episode four with Gabby Gutierrez-Reed. She is a comedian, an actor, a voiceover artist, and a wonderful person. I really appreciated how deeply she dropped in on this episode and was so vulnerable and then it invited me to be vulnerable. So... Towards the end of this episode, I share about the time I went to jail and why I'm in two recovery programs. I have been called to do this podcast by my higher power. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Welcome to Traumedy. Yay. <laughs> my guest today is Gabby Gutierrez-Reed. Am I saying it right? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> for, for an old Ozark girl, it's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I am so glad you're here. We did a gig recently together with the group that you produced uh, with two other people. Yeah. Tell us about your comedy troupe. Yeah. Do you call it a troupe? What do you call it? Um, Comedy super group. I don't know. <laughs> or I just do comedy with my really good friends. <laughs> it's so great. Y'all have great chemistry. You've created a fantastic show, Firecracker Comedy. Yes. And yeah. with Kate Strobel and Salma Zaki. Yeah. We just run it. Um, at, well, it was a live show at first. And I think we were like, let's do this, you know, like... If we're going to run a show together, we're going to do it and put all the effort in. And we like made an Instagram and all that and, you know, like took photographs and then like started filming it. But yeah, we run it at Mashroom Studios and now we have a second show at Hooked on Colfax and it's every month and we've sold out every single show that we've done. Um, Amazing. And so it's exciting. <laughs> I got to perform there at the Mashroom Studios within, last, within the last month. Yeah. And... It was so fun, and the audience was just right there and ready. And y'all, I love the way you start it with the poppers or what? Not poppers. That's yeah, that, I are think they, they are. They make a sound, <laughs> not the ones that you huff. Yeah, but the little firecracker sounds. Yeah. and then you all have very unique energies and styles, and it works great. Um, and I just love, and you have chemistry and. And yeah. Kate Strobel is what six foot tall. And how <laughs> yes. tall are you? I don't want to put you on the spot. But. I'm about five two. And then often yeah. she's carrying you. Yes, and Salma's like five four maybe. So, um, so she is also carryable. <laughs> yeah, and your voices are all unique. Like your yes. style. Uh, one of the things, and I've how long have you been doing stand up? It's been seven years. Has it really? Yeah. So I started in 2016. So I don't know. I'm very bad at math, even if it's just addition. So, like, I have to count on my fingers. I'm like, 2017, 2018. I think that's seven, though. I believe that it's seven. <laughs> just, you know, for the listener who may be listening in 2025, we're recording in 2023. Yeah. February of 2023. <laughs> so, I must have seen you right out of the gate. When we did that one show at the Clock Tower Cabaret, 
Yeah. We were doing girls, girls, girls or something. I can't remember what Oh my God, it. yeah. And remember I remember I was super self-conscious about that show because I didn't, I don't think I'd done a show where that, it was that many people and I, you know, didn't feel good about the set. <laughs> oh. I remember that show. But oh. you know, when you're early on, but that's good because, well, I, you know, it's going with the dramedy theme. It's good because you have standards and you're like, I could do better. But then it's fighting with your like, but you are good enough, you know? <laughs> you are good enough, Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I appreciate about you, and I'm pretty sure I'm the one that said, we got to have Gabby on the show because you have this <laughs> closing joke that I just adored that was so unique. And you have such a unique voice and your style is, like, I admire it because I honestly have to sell the shit out of my material. Like, I feel oh, that way. Oh, me I'm like, too. I've got to sell it. Um, but obviously, this was the very beginning and you're... You know, you're very humble. You have a very unassuming approach, very soft-spoken, as people can probably hear, and I feel really loud. <laughs> but you had that closing joke that with the ketchup bottle that just yeah. was so unique. And I, I don't remember the set not going well or anything other than... Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I have no memory of... I just remember how much I love that bit and that... Yeah, I was excited. I just I get excited when I see something so unique. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I tell myself or joke that I'll never write anything better because <laughs> it's like such a fun joke. But also sometimes that joke hasn't worked and it's the best when it does. And I think it was working for so like it worked a lot of times. And then, you know, there's always going to be a t that one time when your joke doesn't work and you're like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing because I'm like making noises into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I I feel like I if I can play a little snippet of that, we'll see. Or yeah. we'll just let them, people could go find you. They can go find you. Maybe they'll find that clip somewhere. I out don't there. think I have it up anymore because I like had a five minute clip up for comedy festivals and then I took it down. I have a new one up. Well, it, the the night I just feel like what that stage that you created at firecracker comedy whatever space you created there invited me to do a lot of new material that night yeah. I, I processed some stuff that was very personal yeah. about having a miscarriage you know my deepest sadness of my life actually yeah and yet I talk about it in a very playful way which is kind of the epitome of tromedy and, and who knows comedy. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah it and i and comedians just do that naturally that's what this podcast is all about is helping people who may not be comedians but need just like how do i take something so dark or so painful or so you know stressful and turn it into something light and that that's basically the premise of tromedy is just let's dip the light down into the dark and transmute it with laughter it's a lofty goal it, and I mean, but I think it's 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 very doable. Yeah. And so I'm on a mission <laughs> to help people. I love that. That's um, well, I started comedy to connect with people. And I think those kinds of stories are one of the biggest ways to connect with people. Yeah. It's amazing what happens sometimes when we do the thing that's the scariest mm -hmm. to us. And yeah, and then most vulnerable. And then you end up getting connect yeah those connections especially like after that show I felt a lot of heart connection yeah with oh good people. I and love with that you too because we <laughs> you know we just kind of talked for a few minutes because you have a lot of hats you're wearing that night of you know right producing the show cleaning up the space afterwards and all the work that goes into it yeah so we 
I'm glad you could come up and have this time. And then we can, I don't know, I'm just looking forward to getting to know you a little better too, because I don't know you that well. Right. So like we, is, we know each other, but to truly have multiple conversations over time with someone, that's when you really. <laughs> yeah. When you uh, knew you're funny, like the first, or have you always known you're funny? Have you always been sort of the clown of your family or how did you know? Um, not in like a stage way necessarily. I've always liked performing because my mom uh, is a singer and she had a whole like small career in that, um, but most not like professional I think it was professional, but like she had children and had to work as well, like a lot of artists. Right. Um, so like I sang with my brother a lot, um, but like comedy wise, um, I think it came out of family strife and kind of trying to break the tension in those like moments where it's like, oh, it sucks right now. Like, let's try to make a joke or something. So, yeah, you just naturally wanted to get rid of that. Tension. Yeah. Yes. I think that's like where my comedy comes from and why I'm so honest about in my jokes. I'm just talking about my life. And so I want to break that tension of like, what a weird moment. Right, guys? Like (laughs) anybody out there like experiencing? I think a lot of comedians are like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, that's part of our job, right? We first we have to create the tension and then we have to break it. Yeah. And that's the, that's how it goes. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes the tension's created by world events or, you know, you're just reacting to something that happened in life in general, but when yeah. we're having to I know like for me I was a class clown and it's a lot easier to be a, a reactive comic than go up there and like, "Oh, I have to create <laughs> this from scratch, from zero." Right? Yeah. that what we do on dramedy we take a joke that somebody's doing and you may or may not know like sometimes it's direct and you're just like very clear like what's happening yeah and is that one of these jokes where it's like oh it's obvious the tension you're releasing or is are there we'll talk about afterwards we'll deconstruct it and see sure if there's more behind it than m- might be obvious to the average listener sure yeah i mean i yeah this is about um me being sober and um so it's just a story that happened when I uh, was drinking a lot. <laughs> and um, so I think it took maybe three or four years to be able to talk about it. Because, um, like, it's just a dumb thing that happened, but then it also is, like, kind of a shitty thing that happened. So it's you don't know how those things affect you. And I think I tried to make it funny one time too early, and it just wasn't. let's roll the clip of Gabby Gutierrez Reed at Firecracker Comedy. I haven't drank in two and a half years. <laughs> it's just, yeah, thank you. Uh, some of you care. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm for other people having fun, you know? But like, honestly, being, being sober is just really boring. <laughs> like, I don't pee anywhere I'm not supposed to anymore. <laughs> I just pee right to the toilet most of the time I'm sitting down. <laughs> it was bad though. I would pee in a lot of places I wasn't supposed to. I was getting a ride home one night and uh, this guy was taking me, taking my friend home and me home. Uh, I didn't know the driver. He drops my friend off. We're heading towards my place and I'm in the back. I'm like, oh god, I have to pee so bad. Hold it in, hold it in. But a 
feel so good if I did, so I put all in the backseat. <laughs> I think the tension really breaks um, when I say, you know, I'm glad I peed in his car. Um, but maybe it hasn't worked like one or two times, but it usually breaks there at least. <laughs> I love it, Gabby, so much. And I have to say the revenge of the pee is fantastic. Fantastic. Preemptive yeah. strike. Yeah. Some, Preemptive strike. <laughs> some part of your higher self knew. Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. And I hope that smell just haunts him you know like yeah as he drives well there's more to that story too so I mean I don't know do you want me to kind of like Absolutely. elaborate yes I do <laughs> want you to elaborate and yeah. let me okay here's where I want to be present with you on yeah. the trauma part because I'm still giddy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I need to like calm down and be present because yeah. I feel like you know if you're going to share something pretty poignant I'll try not to make noises on my microphone if you're going to sure. share I yeah. just want to this is one of the tricks with traumedy I'm struggling with a little bit is making sure I want it to be a safe place for you to share yeah. vulnerability, truth, you know. And so let me just drop in <laughs> back to being present with Gabby, the full person, and, and tell me more. What? Yeah. It's just uh, that night I got super drunk and didn't know this person very well um but he just kind of like latched himself onto me and my friend that were hanging out and uh you know like urged us to drink more and I mean it wasn't easy to get me to drink more like I had a drinking problem so we like got super drunk and then went to go get food and I just was like you know browning out at that point but um I don't even know the term. Yeah, out. it's Is kind brown, of a joke term. It's, not, it's like like black before like, blackout. Yeah, it's like you're going in and out of consciousness. Oh my god! And I'm very familiar with blacking out. Um, I think that's I don't know if it's like a genetic thing. You know, some people do more easily, like regardless of the amount of alcohol they drink. I feel like obviously if you drink a lot, a lot, it's going to happen. But some people tell me like they took two shots or something in the mountains and then I don't know, you know? So, um, that was happening. And then I do remember him like taking my friend to his car to like drop him off. And then, cause he was like, Oh, who should I drop off first? He's like, I'll just drop you off. And then like he's taking me to my place yeah oh who should i drop off first <laughs> right i'm sorry there's yeah yeah no innocence on that decision right and he's also older he was older like probably like late 30s or 40 and i'm like 22 or something and uh 
So yeah, I, mean, he, I did not know how old you are. <laughs> and also, I love when you say older and 30, 40, and I'm like, that's what, that's why I call well, the kids. But yeah, to you, but like when he's there's 20, an he's 20 age years difference. older than you almost. Right. Like he knows better. He is not a kid. I'm an idiot. I, I should know better in certain ways, but like. Well, after so much alcohol, the your judgment is impaired. Yeah, absolutely. And clearly you are impaired. Uh, yes, I was absolutely visibly not okay. And so he's like taking me to my place. I don't know at what point I peed in this man's car, <laughs> but I did. And I just remember being like, don't do that. But um, so that happened. And then I get out of the car and he um, also gets out of the car. And I don't know if he's like double parked or something, if there was a space, but I feel like he was. And he just like you know, followed me to the door and I'm just like, this man is following me to my apartment door. Like he's just supposed to drop me off. And then I open the door and I like try to just get in and he like actually grabs my wrist. And then I forgot to say it in there, but I pull it and then he does pull it harder and puts my finger in his mouth. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I like pull it away slam the door to the entrance of the apartment and I run upstairs to my apartment and I was like that just happened <laughs> I don't know what and then I think I just was like okay I guess I'm gonna go to my room and like go to like I don't know what I did after that yeah I have no idea I probably <laughs> went to sleep probably did yeah <laughs> but you rem you remembered it was so shocking I'm sure that the adrenaline yeah the part of you that was still online thank god was still online that you didn't wake up with this man in your bed which I mean yeah there were nights I have you know like anyone I feel like a lot of people in their 20s or probably there you know lots of people yeah. have that experience and you're like oh my god but I obviously did not want to be with that person no. so like I'm really um and grateful that nothing else happened I don't really know like I don't know if he's a dangerous person Maybe he was also... I do. Like, drunk. I... Yeah, well, we don't know his level of consciousness. Yeah. That's true. Which it does not make um, it okay, but... Yeah, I, I, like, you know, worked on my therapist with it and, like, have let it go. But the thing was, and I told this on a... Um, I can't remember what show, um, but, like... Right as I started doing comedy again after getting the vaccine, I started working at this coffee shop and um, I remembered, <laughs> okay, because I, I forgot my wallet in his car that night. Oh no. So I did see this person again and I had to like go, go get my wallet, like find a way to message him get my wallet from his car and I think he had known at that point but I was just like very not nice and he wasn't saying anything to me yeah and I like got my wallet and I left but he lived in the he lives in the DU neighborhood <laughs> so he kind of hung around like rise comedy what used to be voodoo comedy playhouse and you know you know but Mm -hmm. Not yeah. to like share a story of hers, but he also like treated her a little inappropriately. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, he does have a pattern. And he came into the coffee shop that I worked at because it was in the DU neighborhood. 
and I saw him and then I had like all that rush of stuff come back and then I was like really upset and I thought I would say something but then I just didn't because in that moment what do you I'm like working I had to talk to him because he's a patron of the coffee shop yeah and then I told my manager and well I didn't tell her like the whole story but I was like oh I do not like that man and then I was like I don't I just didn't know what to do and then I brought it up to my therapist and she was like you could ask like a coworker to you know take the order I could walk away I can like go in the back but I she just like kind of helped me let go of the like anger and everything that I had surrounding that so I've done a lot of trauma therapy and I'm kind of curious so one of the things that you just said also before we do that I've I have a thing on the podcast with resetting a parasympathetic nervous system because when we ex experience trauma and when we hear about trauma it's vicarious trauma and we can get our fight flight freeze fawn response activated yeah and that's the sympathetic nervous system so sometimes I take a moment and like let's take a drink of our beverage oh uh, sure okay and just take a deep breath not at the same time as drinking that is not advised <laughs> or you could gargle I'm Apparently, working on that skill. I'm trying to breathe in while I have water. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good skill. Fish do it. Yeah, I can, I'll start breathing underwater. I was gonna gargle, but it's fizzy water, and I don't. I don't. I don't think. Oh. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I, I do have oh. the skills. But apparently, <laughs> gargling uh, helps reset your parasympathetic nervous system, which tells your body everything is you're oh, safe. Oh, okay. Uh, the threat has passed, and so laughing does too. Okay. Yeah. Laughing also, <laughs> it does. It tells the, it tells your body. That's part of. I think how we evolved with humor is part of our survival technique to like. It's a reward for surviving the threat. Right. So that's your reward. <laughs> that joke is your reward for surviving the threat. Yes. <sighs> and slow, deep breaths. And um, like I say, I do four by four breathing sometimes if it's like really needing a reset. Is that which, four breaths in? Uh, it's four counts. Okay. Breathe in for four counts. Okay. One, two, three, four. Hold for four counts. One, two, three, four. Exhale for four counts. One, two, three, four. Hold the exhale for four counts. And I had to whisper that part. Okay. I like that. Four by four breathing. Breath work is really something I um, tell myself I want to do more. So I, I've worked towards goals one step at a time. And I really like to add that into some type of routine. Sounds good. I'm working on, well, I'm in a recovery program for adult children. Oh, and okay. One of our laundry list, which is the problem, one of the problems we have is we are reactors rather than actors. And yeah. so if I'm triggered, often I'm reactive uh -huh. and have, you know, I've gone to jail. All right. <laughs> Me so too. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll high five across the Woo! microphone. <laughs> Dink. Real, real high five. <laughs> real high five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice. well, those are teachable moments where we're yeah. like, okay, I'm here. You know, why am I here? <laughs> How did I get here? Absolutely. And anyway, I think for me trying to get out of a trigger, and also I was just in therapy yesterday, and my therapist was saying, because there's this nice list of universal needs that we have for safety and uh -huh. honesty and all these different universal needs. And so she's saying, like, when you feel that white hot, Whatever it is, yeah. unsafeness, like I feel, I actually feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. And then I, it just, I've justified it. Any behavior is justified when you feel like you're going to die. So she's like, okay, first 
tell yourself you're not going to die. Second, what is the need that's not being met? Ask yourself that question. Right. So I'm working on that and then taking a deep breath. Wow. I've got a lot. It's easier said than done. When you're triggered, it feels so justified. Right. To well, act out, for me anyway. Are you talking, you're talking about adult children of alcoholics specifically? Yeah, adult children. You told children, me about that. Yeah, it's a program and it's not just for alcoholics. Like, it's not just, okay. it's called, well, it, it started out as ACA, Adult Children of uh, Alcoholics. Uh-huh. But I think what I have to be careful about is because in that program, I think Maria Bamford talks about this oh, on stage. I love like her. Top yeah. secret organization. <laughs> but I, I, there's something about like uh, not saying the exact name. I don't know why. Right. No, she, ha- she does have jokes. She's like, there's a yeah. program for everything out there. I'm And you can like go to yeah. any of these meetings at yeah. any time. And then the, I don't remember, but... Then yeah. she's kind of like, well, I am saying something about these, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, a, it is a program for adult children of alcoholics or dysfunctional families. Yes. So, uh, but, it, man, what I just recognize is I am uh, an adult child. I right. definitely identify as a child in my... Well, you're like, uh, parts of you get suppressed when you're not able to, I guess, fully form <laughs> around those situations. Yeah, like, and so I'm operating from that age, whatever that was. Uh-huh. And they say that with any, like my addiction, I'm also uh, codependent. That's another program. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like Stuart Smalley all of a sudden. I am in several 12-step programs. <laughs> but yeah, well, with my addiction is trying to control my environment, control uh-huh. other people so that I feel safe yeah. rather than just making myself safe. Whereas uh, somebody else's addiction might be a substance. And I guess they say sometimes your development gets arrested at the time you start. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I think I've been trying to make myself safe by controlling others forever. So, yeah. there's a part of me that's an infant. Still, I get that. Like I, a big baby. That was interesting. You said, like, you're reactionary. And, like, I, I don't know if this has to do with that. But, like, as a child, I... The way I reacted to like all the arguing and all that was just like waiting to see what to be told to do, you know? And so I wonder like as a child, I just was, and I know everyone reacts in a different way, but I, you know, in school was always just so quiet and I like never spoke up. And there, like when I was in high school, I think somebody told me like, I didn't know you could speak. I mean, I think I got more you were th- you were outgoing. That. I was outgoing if I knew someone. But not in like a you group had, situation. Okay. Sorry, I stepped on. Oh, that's okay. No. You yeah. had to know them. You had to feel really safe before you came out and started risking dial talking, being a part of. A lot, yeah. Or like showing more parts of my personality other than obedient and nice. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. And you're right. I do think that that whole fight, you know, fight, flight freeze and now they say fawn oh those are like learned behaviors and i think certain situations i might freeze but i have to admit i am a fighter you're a fighter and i would also like to confess that i've never won a fight <laughs> <laughs> I, I fight and i lose but i'm consistent. physical like physical altercations or uh, arguments more about arguments uh-huh yeah i have not been one to yeah i fight with words mm-hmm. and i can be yeah. very very mean when, For sure. When someone hurts me, I want to hurt them twice as bad. So I can, I go, yeah. if I have something in my little file that I know will hurt you, if I feel, well, in this program, they, you know, this, have you heard of internal family systems? Like there's your inner child, inner teenager. Sounds inner, really familiar. Well, it's kind of a work uh, book I'm doing right now. And so my inner 
baby is so she's such a baby. And if somebody <laughs> threatens little Nancy, yeah, little Nancy, uh, then my inner teenager, her name is uh, her name is Virginia Vengeance. Oh my goodness, uh-huh. Virginia she, Vengeance! Virginia Vengeance! She pulls the knives out of her back and yeah. then psh, psh, like, Whoa. like tries like the knives are usually swords of words and yeah. then fight back. Um, but I have, yeah. you know, I have pushed back if somebody's pushed me. Uh-huh. I have pushed them back before. Now but, I do, but a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Like I'm learning, and I, I think a lot of women in general have to learn not to say sorry and whatever. Let people walk all over them, but yeah, I I am very tolerant because the levels I have been pushed to as a kid, and me like staying uh, under control and not re like just staying calm making sure I don't upset anyone I can handle a lot of like annoying behavior but now I just want to try to be more forward with people like no I don't actually want to help you with that you need to do that yourself or whatever <laughs> like yay I want to put on some applause yeah woo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have sound effects but I'm afraid to touch those buttons. right yeah like, it'll be the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I wanted to go back to, and I have a couple of bookmarks on my, I should make notes because I have a couple of things I want to go back to with you, but I yeah. want to go back to your therapist. And I love that, you know, advocating, having somebody come forward, telling the boss like, Hey, you know what? I don't like this guy. And I mean, yeah. I would love like people in my corner to say, well, you know what? He doesn't need to come in here because you don't have to let everybody come in. I would have loved if that happened, <laughs> but that didn't happen. I think it's, I don't know if I needed to tell every single person on the staff or if I needed to tell the owner but like then I would have to tell the owner the whole story and then you know yeah then they'd have to take it it, but he's never did anything in the shop so it's like that's how a lot of businesses operate which is fine I mean that's a smart way to have a business and not to like nobody did anything wrong here (laughs) but it's like a lot of restaurants and and bars and places like that it's like somebody has to actually do something in the shop yeah I got (laughs) you well I mean two things one is real world honestly sometimes in the real world I do tromedy in the real world too Uh uh-huh like you know let's say I was your coworker. like what could we do when that guy comes in obviously I know bartenders do a some I've heard about bartenders taking those tiny straws and running them up their butt crack before they put them in a drink if people are being <gasps> assholes. Are you serious? Yes. Oh. Or people spitting in things. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not saying. Right, right, right. Yes, there's that. <laughs> I'm not saying to do that. Yeah. I'm just saying in a fantasy of like reclaiming your power in a I mean, you yeah. re- first of all, what's cool is you actually did claim your power that night you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like you yeah d- i mean you did the preemptive pee strike uh-huh but n- but you got away and you slammed the door and yeah. you got up to your room but not before the icky experience of having a part of your body violated which like i don't hold i know the finger away. in his mouth oh yeah that is a violation i knew there's a ga- guy that used to hang out around the comedy scene that had this weird wet willy like, what's up with doing Ugh. a wet willy? You're an adult male. Yeah. And he would lick his finger and put it in people's it's ears. It's tied to childhood, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> that's something for him to work on. Yeah. But that's a violation, especially when you think about what we know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a 
I have had microbiology and I, I was glad when, not glad when COVID came, but when I thought when I don't feel like such a freak now that everybody else has germ awareness like I do. Yeah. Like you've got that one finger used to open the yeah. door or <laughs> I, I do the that clean now. hand, dirty hand. Like, you know, <laughs> now, now people have a little more germ awareness, but I mean, the idea of taking your saliva and, or oh, taking his, yeah. I mean, your, you know, just the fact that his, put your finger in his mouth yeah is the weirdest weird reverse rapey feeling it's Ugh. just really it's gross, gross. It's i don't know if he thought like if i put her finger in my mouth she's gonna want to smash like once she gets a taste of this saliva on her finger like <laughs> has that ever worked for that guy yeah right like, is there some right? world where he's like oh that that's why i think maybe he was intoxicated as well but not obviously not as intoxicated but it's just like stupid things that you think are maybe are sexy i don't that know is gonna let her know right yeah. way what I'm I'm all I'm so oral yeah oh <laughs> okay yeah well but the fact that you got I do like that you did get away yeah and so that left that feeling in your body of empowerment I like to anchor feelings of empowerment in my body like uh-huh. I love that something just snapped online and because really you could have been in the middle of confusion and not even knowing what was going on yeah but you snapped online and we're like no yeah got away yeah and I love that but the fact I was just tripped up a little bit that and I do think it's healthy to let go of anger Uh (laughs) uh-huh but sometimes anger is your friend when the threat is still out there like if the guy is still interacting with you I don't know. Is it unhealthy to have a little bit of anger when you see that guy? I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like him. I think maybe not anger isn't the word, but maybe letting go of those feelings of maybe feelings of not um, being able to control the situation. It's like the way I can control the situation is by going in the back and doing some dishes or just taking a break and yeah. asking a coworker, can you take this one? Because people would do that. They yeah. would. I would be like, can you take this one? And not everyone Did at work end- knew why. My manager did, but that's because I felt comfortable telling her. But everyone else, no one else knew. So did did he keep coming in and you had to do Yeah, it? Yeah, he did. He would always order a juice. That was his drink. And uh, it's just like, I don't know his history, but I have experience with um, people that have, you know, two personalities or um, addicts. And, you know, normal day-to-day operation, nobody knows anything about them. But then there's, like, this other part of them that, I don't know, it's just weird. <laughs> it feels power-trippy to me that he would knowingly, like, I, I don't feel like know. I, I'm like, did he recognize me? Because I thought the first time he, like, took an order from me, I swear he recognized me. So it is weird. And maybe he just wants to minimize the situation. Because I didn't say anything about anything. So, like, I never yeah. called him out. So, like, that doesn't, I never made him uncomfortable with coming in. So, it's like, I imagined myself doing that, but then I was like, I don't know, I work here. And at the time, I was like, I want to work here for a long time, and I don't want to have to tell everyone what happened, you know. Yeah, those are complicated decisions to make Yeah, in terms of your empowerment. But you got your empowerment Uh by just, you know what, take this one. 
And yeah, you never spit in the drink. <laughs> I never, I nope, I never spit in the I drink. Get, you don't want to lower yourself to their level, but, or just, yeah, I don't know. I like to think of funny, like, I don't, I mean, uh, what came to my mind too was I just go, I don't know where one would get a fake finger. <laughs> the fake finger store, that's available. Yeah. You could put a fake finger in his juice and just like <laughs> leave it. Like just to remember like, that finger, like uh, uh, just you know what you're gonna get my point. I know that what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> my finger's always gonna be in your mouth, always now. Yeah. Like, and it was a, it was wrong. I'm taking my power back with my finger. My finger goes where it wants to go, and yeah. make, make a mold of your finger and <laughs> splash it in his juice. What kind of juice did he get? Um, so we would have a, this, I don't think it gives away where I worked. I don't, <laughs> okay. A, you don't have to say the juice. Just a green juice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It's the only one we made. All right. The green juice. <laughs> yeah. Green juice guy. Listen, yeah. if you're listening, green juice guy, that's uncool, man. I I think, yeah, you don't you, need to put, you don't you need to be showing up where somebody that you have power tripped on in one world and keep doing it and like trying to. Just be present. Ugh, I don't like that. I don't like that he showed up there. He could go to any juice place on near DU or whatever. Yeah. Was and as far as I know, I don't. I haven't seen him at Rise. I don't do improv anymore, though. But if I did, I would say something because I know he has a pattern of not being able to keep personal space with women. So wow. Like, all right. That's just. But I've never seen it. So I don't know if anything else happened to cause him not to want to do improv anymore or whatever. Okay. But, yeah. Well, sometimes we don't say yes and in improv. <laughs> yeah. No fucker. No fucker. That's the new. <laughs> That's the name of our improv troupe. No fuckers in That's... this troupe. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And if ever I'm in the same space that you're in and that guy's around, please tell Uncle Nance. Thank you. And I have never won a fight, but <laughs> I, I'll die you trying. Will. I'll die trying. <laughs> no, I would. I would. I have got I have I have gotten in between people. I have a hard time and I got in a little trouble here. I feel like just trying to explain something on Facebook. I Okay, I don't, maybe we don't need to go into that. Yeah. I'm just saying oh, yes. I struggle with, Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's so it's tricky okay. for me. But if I'm in the moment yeah. and I, or one-on-one or, I, one -on -one or even seven-on-one, -on I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. I just uh, wanna, I want you to know I'm in your corner is all I want you to know. Oh, thank you. Same. And, I mean, I would support you. Like, it's important to support people or else then you feel like you don't have a voice when people don't listen. Man, it, there's nothing like also when you're having to perform, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about why you went to jail. You don't have to. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm comfortable with it all now because I, I mean, I have been to therapy and it's just uh, to me, I want to talk about it to maybe make someone else feel better. But I ended up getting a DUI eventually, and I was super lucky. I just parked my car at a meter, and it didn't get impounded because <laughs> they asked me. They were like, the police, they were like, do you want to leave your car here at the meter, or do you want us to impound your car? And I was like, what kind of question is that? 
I'll leave it at the meter. <laughs> Is that a trick question? I know. I feel like that was the first trick question yeah. before, say, the alphabet backwards. Right. And like all the things. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I I think I still have feelings of shame of like doing that and um, like being a bad person or whatever. I've kind of worked through some of that, but I have changed as a person and I'm <laughs> it sucks to say I'm grateful to have gotten a DUI and no. had a whole interaction with the police but I am because I you know there's drug uh, and uh, alcohol addiction in my family my dad's an alcoholic and I'm so glad that I don't have to go down that path of like every day being so hard to like make a decision to just live life presently or like be stuck in an alternative reality basically well, I need you to explain that a little more because I was trying to go with you on that. And yeah. then I realized I got a little lost on that alternate <laughs> reality. Yeah. But first of all, I just want to acknowledge that, I mean, I hit bottom in 2007 as a codependent. Yeah. Because I went to jail. And you're right. We I do have gratitude for going to jail. Uh-huh. I didn't feel like it was necessarily justice. However, it was the right thing for my path, for uh-huh. my journey um, that's a whole nother story, but I, yeah. I do have to own, you know, that I threw a guitar. I, uh, I threw it. I confessed to it 17 yeah. times. <laughs> and that is, that is, a, a, a felony. If it's, a, <laughs> if it's over, I don't know why that's so funny. I know. It it's, is a felony. I mean, cause you hear the noise and it's like, gong, gong. no, and it was so unsatisfying. It did not do the Elkabong. Yeah. It was just thump. so then I had to stomp it that's a whole nother story yeah I will tell on another day sure but it was the awakening of like I am here Mm -hmm. in this place and it opened my heart not only that I was in that in Boulder Valley Boulder County Jail where they do not have vegetarian sandwiches that is so strange because you think it's the only county that would (laughs) it was bologna and and an orange but uh, my heart did open to an, a gentleman that was sitting across from me, and I, I literally was trying to draw from television and go, what are you in for? And I, just, <laughs> I, I literally said that, and this guy said to me, for real, Gabby, he's like, I'm just going to start being who they tell me I am. And I could, my heart broke. Like, I yeah. could feel, no. And I just like, no, we're going to jump through these hoops, uh-huh. and we're going to get on with our happy lives, and we're going to learn from this. And so... I do understand you saying I had gratitude for the DUI because yeah. you didn't have to go to the the bottom the the bottom that maybe you saw your dad go to. Is that what you're saying? Yes, or- yeah, because I can see like I would drink to get away from thinking about problems. And you know, at first it's like I'm having fun and you're like, you know what? Fuck it all. I'm just gonna drink and like forget or whatever. But um I was starting to get to a place where there were like a couple, there'd be like weekends in a row where I was blacking out because you just like get used to it and it's messed up. It sucks. It's scary for one. It's dangerous, especially for women. If you're like walking late at night and all of that or ending up with people that you have no idea like who they are. But like I started to have a pattern. So I could only imagine if I kept going down that um for years, I would, I think, have a dependency on alcohol, which, you know, which my dad has. And it's just harder to break those patterns 
when you're physically addicted to it at that point, not just mentally. Yeah, you were psychologically, you were self-medicating. Yes. And, and you've, how long have you been sober now? It's been three, over three years. Has so. it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three years. And you're not working a recovery program? Or are you just doing it on your own? Because you're like, hey, I'm not... Um, I had you don't to, identify as an alcoholic. It's more I do, I do. I accept that now. I think it helps me because it was like I had to do the group therapy, which it's like oh, oh, I'd love to write more jokes about my DUI and drinking, but it's always like when will it be? Certain things be funny, but group therapy is kind of a funny thing because you're just in a room with people and you're all sharing each other's traumas. It's dark, but. It's like, wow, I don't have it bad. Or like, that's a crazy story. <laughs> like, <laughs> It like, does put things in perspective. Yes, yeah. So I like went through all that, the court-mandated stuff, and I was uh, required to be sober and had to do like uh, urine tests. So that was the whole thing. And then once I got off of all that stuff, I tried drinking again, and I, and I was like, nope, I actually doesn't work for me. I'm doing the same things. Not, I never drove again drunk, but... I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm drinking too much still. So I completely quit. Just like the next day, I downloaded a sober app, sober tool. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to drink again, which I said I'm never drinking again. But I know you're supposed to take it one day at a time. But then I just kept going with that. And then I sought out therapy. And now sometimes I go to an online AA where for the first time I was like hi I'm Gabby I'm an alcoholic and I don't believe in like all the Christian religious stuff and it's nice they don't push that on me but I was like you know I am an alcoholic like I think about it every single day of my life (laughs) yeah every single day yeah and it's a commitment and I love your commitment to yourself Thank you. Yeah. And Thank and you, your healing process, like uh, people like you are inspiring, Thanks. you know, because you're like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep going. I mean, at this age, here I am in my 60s, Gabby, and I have yet to have <laughs> a healthy partnership. Really? Yeah. I haven't had one that I would consider healthy. Right. Um, it's, it's hard. Healthy, loving. That's the goal of uh, recovery from codependency is to just have a healthy, loving relationship. But I'm learning and I'm starting with friends and just being more open. And I am loving connecting with people on the growth path. Uh-huh. Like it just feels like we're on the growth path. And I'm, I've, I do vibe with younger people and um, it's something I'm looking at. I don't know. I had a soul work, worker. It's hard, I don't know. I can't say Whoa, it. Soul worker. Soul. soul worker. There should be a theme song that comes in right here. And she told me that when I was 28-ish, I got a new soul. Whoa. <laughs> so I'm kind of a millennial. I don't know what I am. But yeah. I do, I, maybe because I'm an adult child. I'm also, you know. I'm also, kinda... you're just more open to be, being open-minded. I think there's so many ways to view life. Nobody knows what's going on <laughs> for certain. Some people claim to. But, like, why not be open if you're not happy to at least like trying a bunch of different things. <laughs> yeah, especially if the things I've tried so far have not re- exactly. worked. Well. Although they've all taught me something. Yeah. It's really cool. I love, I'm really trusting, what I'm doing is trusting my path and just 
trying not to get stuck in victim energy around uh, stuff that's happened. Yeah. And obviously we have been victimized in our lives, but that's part of this traumaty thing is to like, okay, let's acknowledge it. Let's touch in, acknowledge we've been victimized. We don't have to identify as a victim. Yeah. And I'm really about empowerment too. Just, we don't have to push anybody else down for us to rise. And I think women, right. females are rising right yes, now. Yes, and like pulling each other up which is amazing and feels a lot better <laughs> yeah and there also are some great men in our community that yeah. I mean yeah I mean they are in your corner as well which right. is cool like, but I yes. love women being in each other's corner and obviously uh, women is a general term I have unsubscribed from gender roles yeah so I am <laughs> I'm free I'm free but I I mean I'm female I definitely am a female uh, raised in a patriarchy. Yeah. So I understand that. And that, uh, but yet there's a part of me that never bought in to the social construct of gender for whatever reason. Well, yeah, it's great that now you don't have to be anything that you don't want to be. And yeah. nobody should fucking tell you that you need to be something you're not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to I say about 12 step, you know, I noticed you mentioned uh, Christian religious stuff and I guess there is a root there. But programs I've worked are so much more about spirituality than any religion. Yeah. I haven't been involved in any 12-step work that involved a religion. That's cool. Yeah, it's I'd really uh, spiritual. I'd um, love to I swirl my hand more. over my head as we talk. Swirling over my crown chakra. <laughs> but I um, personally have had a spiritual awakening as a result of working this. Oh, 12 so steps. like did you hire a soul worker? Because I've seen <gasps> oh. stuff on like TV and... Well, you know, I never fully necessarily believe in like, I, I don't really know, but I believe in supernatural stuff, which is really just things you can't describe or know what's going on. So it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, things that are beyond natural. Yes. Or beyond or something. <laughs> I don't know. Supernatural. Yeah. Well, I've always been fascinated with the supernatural. That soul worker, I hired her uh, with the ex from 2007 who I was told by the safe ah. house is a sociopath. And I mean, <laughs> well, I didn't know, yeah. but anyway, we, oh, we could talk. We'll have to, you know what? I want to have you back to talk about. Yeah. We'll do bits about, uh, that we've worked on about these groups that we've had to go to. Cause I had to go to domestic violence treatment. Oh, whoa. Because I threw the guitar. Okay. And yes. I pled, I had to plead guilty to assault, which was ironic because <gasps> she assaulted me, oh. but that's the way the system oh, works. Like yes. they're like, you're going to, if you lose your control, like you're the one. Well, my lawyer said, you know, you confess to the guitar and that's a felony. And if you want to make that a misdemeanor, Ugh. you have to also admit to this. They want to put it all on you and they just want to move the docket, whatever. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. But bottom line is, um, I was in a relationship I shouldn't, I should have walked away from, but uh, because of the trauma bond, I'm doing a lot of material about trauma bonds. Yeah. No, I my think new, <laughs> my new dating app, trauma bond.com. I have like an idea. Well, no, it's not, it's more of just a tag, but just like, oh, tell me wondering if all those dating shows where people have to go through all of that stuff together is just like they fell in love because of trauma bonding or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and hey very likely it's sort of like vietnam vets you know <laughs> yeah. that's a good point it is trauma bond i think you're right they're like oh let's like emotionally abuse all of you uh publicly on television and then like 
maybe you found a connection with someone, but you also kind of like went through some trauma together because they're like manipulating their feelings. Yeah, <laughs> and, and humiliating you or whatever it is. Yeah. I haven't watched a whole bunch of those, but I think I know what you're talking about. It's like a hazing you went through. Or the, it's like very um, dating multiple people at the same time, but like they all know about it. Like usually you're dating multiple people and you're not talking to like the person you're dating about the other person and having everyone around you talk about it. So it's like you're in like all in houses together and then now you're like, I, I mean, not to uh, invalidate those relationships. Like I think that people can find love that way, <laughs> but it's like careful and sweet. You are it's about so, it. like, uh, so much to go through for, for entertainment, which I subscribe to. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I there is something about watching uh, somebody go through something that gets us out of sometimes our own anxiety or psychological pain. Like, yeah. let me watch yours. I mean, that's that's kind of <laughs> normal. But these people, they do sign up for it. But maybe they don't yeah. really know what they signed up for. I'm not sure how it all works. Also, you're going on TV and then you're going to get a bunch of Instagram followers and maybe a career after that. So there's that, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I keep seeing it. Uh, the gal that is the agent for ATG, Nyla, uh, you ever you see, like, she sends a lot of, like, are, do you want to date, like, for, are you 40 to 65 and you want to go on a dating oh. program in LA? And I'm just like, no, I do not. Yeah, there's a lot. And now I see a lot of op op offers for that. Yeah. And I think they do public calls. And then I am a, uh, I'm under an agent now um, for acting, which I have not gotten anything through them. I always just get it through comedy connections, but but you um, have an agent. That's not very validating. Up. I'm Congratulations. Still, I try. I do the self-tapes. But I am on this thing called casting networks that they, like, I get notifications for. But they, like, um, submit me for stuff on there. But there's always a bunch that's, like, are you a cheater? And, like, it's reality TV. And then there's a bunch for, uh. like, are you a quirky couple or, like, a couple that does weird shit together? Like, there's always casting <laughs> calls for reality TV. What's your kink? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, there's lots. Yes. And so far, I, I don't know. Would you would you go on one of those shows? Not a dating show. No. Possibly uh, some other type of, like, game show or something like that. But hard pass on the dating show. No. All right. I, c I just I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, there's this whole dignity thing. <laughs> um, not that you don't have dignity if you've gone on one of the, oh, Lord, we can't win. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have to make amends. I have to make amends to my listener. But there's a, no, I, there's like something to it. There's the people that I think genuinely want to find love on television. Okay. There's that. And then because I watch, I've watched like The Bachelor and there's always um, confessionals and conversations around people where they're like, um, we can just tell that she's not being authentic and she just came here to get the fame. So there's like all that <laughs> kind of surrounding that too. So I think it's, it's actually a very complicated subject. It's like, <laughs> that's a whole nother episode yeah. of Traumedy. Maybe I'll find someone who's been on that show and has some trauma. Maybe you could. I mean, uh, yeah. Or how people. they came through it. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. But, I guess it's getting close to time for closure. Sure. And I have, this has gone so fast for me. I love talking <laughs> with you. Yeah, same. <laughs> this was so cool. So anything that you, is anything feel incomplete that maybe you had a thought of like, oh, I wanted mm. to share this, that Nancy took it down the other road. Is there something in your, 
Sure. And anything unresolved about that guy? You, are you still working at the coffee shop? I actually don't because I was feeling overwhelmed by um, the scheduling was a little difficult and it was it was actually amazing for scheduling. But I was just working a little bit too much to feel sane doing comedy and pursuing acting and sketch comedy. And I was like falling apart a little bit. So. Now I'm so that had just to have go. one job. Well, that's <laughs> and cool. all the side gigs, but <laughs> so you're not getting uh, re-triggered and um, that you know having to see that person. Yeah, that's nice. And then I did have a thought pop up that was like when we were talking about the reactionary stuff and like how I reacted to like me growing up and having to like feel like I have to be quiet. I think comedy was like the first time where I felt like I could just create something from nothing where I wasn't reacting to someone else's whatever was coming at me. So yes. like that's I think why I fell in love with comedy because I was like I just which some nights it's hard I get to come up here and talk about anything but some nights it's like I just get to come up here and talk about anything. <laughs> yeah you get to be you. Yeah. You get to be your authentic self not in response to anything else like here's what my, here's my art I want to bring. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I hope that like everyone can find that thing that makes them feel like they're in control and that they can speak up in a way, you know? That's beautiful. I'm so glad that you brought it back to that because this is what it's all about is personal empowerment and expression. And the thing I've heard from my trauma therapist is whatever, it, it doesn't have to be comedy, but I mean, it can be fa comedy fantasy is, I think, really a healthy way to deal with some powerlessness of reenacting it. Seeing yourself in the position of power can actually re uh, rewire your brain a little bit. But also whether it's poetry, music, uh, dance, get it out, journal, you know, uh -huh. that's the thing I keep hearing over and over again is to express it in some way. Yes. It doesn't have to be publicly, but it could be, but yeah. it doesn't have to be. And you don't have to be an in quotation, artist, to be creative. You don't have to go up and talk into a microphone. You don't have to, yeah, show a painting that you did. You can just, like, have that for yourself. You're a creative person. Yeah, I have a friend that does art therapy. That is, yeah. it's not a painting for the wall. It's uh -huh. actually just to get stuff out. Thanks for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. And then, Gabby, how can people connect with you <laughs> that do want to connect and see your comedy? Yes, um, I am most active on Instagram um, at shishkebab, S-H-I-S-H-G-A-B-A-B. I have a website, gabbygr.com, G-A-B-B-Y-G-R.com. Um, and I like answer my email through that. So yeah, I'm always like open to interacting with people and like, yeah. Thank you so thank you so much. I know people will want to reach out to you and I feel I feel better. You have a really calming voice too. Thank you. I'm in voice acting classes. Oh. Another thing I wanted to do that I was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> that you have a voice and you're using it. Yeah. All right. All right, kids. Get out there. Use your voice. I don't know why I said kids. Because I'm so old. Because I'm so old. That's why You're a kid. I am a kid at heart. All right. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. This is Tromedy and See you next time. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you.
As always, I want to thank my guest, Gabby, and I want to thank my son for helping me with the music for Traumedy and just for being a great kid. So grateful for him. We had a wonderful Mother's Day, sat around the fire and sang songs, and it was, I guess it was actually pretty dreamy. Tune in to Traumedy every Tuesday. It's a new episode, Traumedy Tuesdays. Message me on my website, nancynorton.tv, or you can go to the brand new Traumedy Facebook page, T-R-O-M-E-D-Y. You already knew that if you're on the podcast. For God's sakes, you know how to spell Traumedy, T-R-O-M-E-D-Y. Send a message to us there. Let us know how we can help.